You are listening to the weekly podcast of Rio Rancho Church of Christ in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We pray you enjoy today's message. We are continuing our series onward. Brother David brought us the lesson last week and he was talking about hospitality. And one of the things that he and I talked about after service was over, he wanted me to mention that it is important and it's significant that we offer hospitality as the people of God. We should be hospitable people. And I would suggest that most of us, if not all of us in this room, are very good at doing that. But as he and I started talking, one of the challenges that we have is receiving hospitality. So he asked me to just give you that tidbit to ducktail into his sermon for last week. You're great at giving hospitality, but let's all work on receiving it. Let's all work on receiving that. So let's get into today's lesson onward. Onward. We started out with this new year talking about onward. I feel like it's screeching a little bit. Let's bring it down a little bit. To be intentional in our walk with Christ. To be intentional in, I am going to seek out Jesus this year. I'm going to seek him out in my life. I'm going to seek him out in my walk. And I'm going to bring everyone with me, no matter who they are. The neighbor across the street, the family I don't talk to. I'm going to bring everyone with me this year. And I'm going to be intentional about it. Intentional about it. So we're going to continue kind of along those themes, definitely along onward, is we're moving forward. Last year is in the rearview mirror, no matter how good or bad that it was. And for some of us, it was really good. And for some of us, it was really bad. And for many of us, it was a mixture of both. But either way, we've got to move onward. We've got to move forward. And we need to intentionally decide that I am going to move forward in my journey with Christ. As I walk with him, I'm going to move forward. So what does that mean and what does that look like? Two weeks ago when we talked about this, it was planning, planning, planning. I'm going to be intentional in my planning and my walk with God. This morning, you have a spot in your bulletin for your notes. And it's going to be this. God provides is your first point. I'll give you some time. God provides is your second point. And if you want to guess the third one, God provides. So your points for this morning is God provides, God provides, God provides. So I want to give us a little context this morning. Let's read the passage, and then we're going to discuss it. It says, verse 10, not verse 10, chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, starting verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place, and where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send them out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. 
And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day for Sodom than for that town. So that's our passage for this morning. Leading up to this, prior to this, in chapter 9, Christ sends out the twelve. He sends them out with similar instructions. Don't carry a money bag. Don't carry a knapsack. You go with what you have on you. You just go. And this is what I want you to do. Now we arrive here in chapter 10. And in chapter 10, he sends out 72 of his disciples. And he sends them out with the same instructions. Do not carry a money bag. Do not carry a knapsack. You go with what you have on you. So your first point is this. God provides. God provides provision. God provides provision. He lets them know that as you go journey into these towns, you let them know that you are bringing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near. So you're bringing a message. And you don't worry about what you're going to take along with you. You just go. The point behind that is God's going to provide. God provides provision. He says when you enter into the house for someone who receives you, you say, peace be to this house. And if they receive you as a son of peace, peace will rest in that house. And if they don't, let your peace come back to you. But you're going to be provided for. You're going to have what you need to eat. You're going to have a lodging to lodge in for as long as you stay in that town. And then you receive it welcomingly. God provides provision for them. And the point is, is that when I send you out, I'm going to take care of what you need. That's what he's telling them. The same as he told the 12, this is what he tells them. I'm going to take care of what you need. It's going to be provided for. The next point is this. God provides peace. God provides peace. He says, when you go into that house, you proclaim peace beyond you. If they receive you, then let your peace rest. If they don't, let your peace come back to you. God's going to provide peace for them on their journey, where they go, as they work and labor in this kingdom. As they go out into the harvest, as Luke writes for us. The next is this. God provides people. God provides people. In two ways, he says, I want you to pray that God provides laborers for the harvest. But also, he's providing the people that they are going to. They're not going, as it may seem obvious to us, they're not going to deserted towns. They're not walking into an empty house, sitting down and waiting for someone to feed them. It's more like you walk into your mom's house, you sit down and you wait for her to feed you. They're going to where people are. God provides people. So how does all of this impact us? How does this affect us? What does this speak to us? The same is true for us. God, for each one of us, as we talk about getting out in this new year, when we talked in the first week that we're going to go intentionally and seek after Jesus. I'm going to intentionally in this year 
follow God. But that's not enough. What I'm going to do is bring anyone with me that I can. I'm going to talk to Jesus about everyone. And sometimes when we start getting on these journeys and we make these commitments, there can come this wave that crashes over us. Okay, how am I going to do that? I, I don't have the training for that. I don't have the knowledge for that. You may say to yourself, I don't have the time for that. God's going to provide provision. God's going to provide provision. And here's the thing. If you're saying to yourself, well, I don't know what to say and I don't have the training, guess what we're talking about on Wednesday night? Making it adjustable to your schedule so you can come and continue to grow spiritually. Same thing we do Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Come, be a part of it, and grow spiritually. Get the training that you're looking for so that you can share with others. You may say to yourself, I don't have the time. I don't know how God's going to work that out in your life. Maybe God's provision for that instance is work doesn't go so long. Maybe work doesn't last 12 hours a day. Maybe work gets cut. Because you decide to or they decide to. And now your time is freed up. And then that, what does that create? Well, now that's a loss of income. And now what do I do about that? God says, trust me. I'm making provision for you. Trust me. Notice the provision that is made. Nothing really depends on them. When they go into a town to share about Jesus, they're not even bringing food with them. They're dependent on those who are receiving the word to be able to feed them. And the word they receive is from God. So the word isn't even their own. So all around, holistically, God is providing for them, providing provision in every single way. And he does the same thing for us. He's providing for us in every single way. See, I don't have to worry about all these other things. We remember in Matthew chapter 6. How we so close the grass of the field, the flowers that are there. He knows every hair on your head. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 16. Well, we have everything we need according to the riches and the glory of Jesus Christ. Everything I need is found in Christ. Every provision that I need is in Christ. He's providing and he's providing that peace as well. Notice when, when they go into a town, here, here's the thing. When they go into a town and someone receives them into that home, they bring peace with them. A child of God should not walk into somebody's house and bring turmoil. Amen. He, he should not walk into an area or into a space, into an environment or into a situation and cause it to be more eruptive. A child of God steps into a situation because he is at peace with God himself, and more importantly, God is at peace with him, walks into a situation and brings peace to everyone around him. So he says, when you come into this home, you bring peace with you, and if they're willing to receive you, which means they're willing to receive the word that you bring, then let your peace rest on that home. And if not, let it return to you. Notice as we get to the end, you know, we talk about the people. God provides the people. There is no shortage of people that are out there for us to reach. How many of you have neighbors? I didn't say, do you want neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> Most.
Most of us have neighbors. They may be a mile away, an acre away, two acres away, but we have neighbors. And many of us have coworkers. Many of us have families. There's no shortage of people to share the gospel with. Everywhere we turn, there is an opportunity. And I say that intentionally. Everyone you come across is an opportunity to share the gospel. Amen. He provides people. Here's the thing, though. Some people are going to reject it. So that's why he said, let your peace return to you. But when they reject, when they go into these towns, the same as the 12 in chapter 9, when you go into these towns, they receive you. Guess what? They're not receiving you. What they should be receiving is the word. They're receiving the message from the messenger, which comes from Jesus. So when they reject you, they're rejecting the message from the messenger from Jesus. And that's why there's no peace. So there's an alignment that must take place. And he says, when that doesn't happen, you just shake the dust off your sandals and off your feet, and you go your way. And it's going to be worse for them. And it's worse for them, not because they rejected you, and you're so great, and you're so wonderful. It's because they reject the word of God. They reject God's messenger. They reject God's message. And so then they reject God himself. That's the reason for the worse. That's the problem. As we head on onward, do we truly understand that for every step of the way, God is going to provide? He's providing me provision for this new journey that I'm on. He's providing me peace as I share the message. He's providing people wherever I go that need to hear the message. God provides. You see, the interesting thing that happens is in the chapter before this, as he sends out the 12, the 12 go into a town, a Samaritan town, and they don't want to receive Jesus. You know why they don't want to receive Jesus? Because the Bible tells us his face was set towards Jerusalem. So they did not want to receive him because he's got a destination he's ultimately going. Here's the thing. Some people may not receive you because you're on this journey with Jesus. Christ has a plan of where he's going. The destination is set. He's got a journey laid out for you. And some folks don't want to receive you because they don't like where Christ is going. They don't like the message he brings. They don't like the kingdom that is here. See, that was the message that they said. They said, you know what? If they receive you, tell them the kingdom of God is near. If they reject you, tell them the kingdom of God is near. God's kingdom brings one of two things. For those who receive it, the kingdom brings this forgiveness, this absolution, this grace, this inclusion. But the reverse is also true for those who reject the kingdom of God. There's a judgment that's to be awaited. That's why he says it's going to be worse for those who reject than it was for Sodom. So the kingdom at that time, he's saying the kingdom is near. And depending on your response, it's going to be one of these two outcomes. But what you need to know is this, is that on this journey to share the kingdom, God is providing for you. 
You are not left out there all alone to wonder, how am I going to accomplish this? At every turn, God is providing what you need to share the gospel. What you need to walk successfully in this Christian journey. And it's not that I have to be racked with guilt that I'm hanging on to things from my previous life. That I have to continually carry that with me. Because that's not peace. Peace is interesting. For most people, peace is the absence of what? It's the absence of war. It is the absence of conflict. That's not peace. During the Roman era, during this time, that's exactly the definition. Peace was the absence of war, the absence of conflict. But for the Jewish person, when they greet you, they say what? Shalom. Peace. Because to the Jewish person at this time, peace is it's a communal peace. It's an inward peace. It's an overall peace. Which means no matter what you do, you're not going to disrupt that peace. Because that peace comes from God. And as I share the gospel, as I share the kingdom, for those who receive or reject, you can still be at peace. And that peace comes from your alignment with your relationship with God. You see, I've come, I am out of peace because I know I'm out of alignment with God. Your body will physically react to things like that. Did you know you have tells? When you are nervous, when you are anxious, when you feel uncomfortable, your body has a physical reaction. The same is true when your spirit knows you are out of alignment with the will of God. You will have a physical reaction as well as a spiritual one. And you will experience a lack of peace. And you may not understand it, and you may not know it, and you may not recognize it for a period of time. Take a look at your health. Take a look at your mental health. Take a look at where you are. And understand, okay, what can I do in this arena to bring myself more in alignment with where God wants me to be? And then watch peace come over a peace that passes understanding. A peace that says no matter the conflict you're experiencing, no matter the family turmoil that you're in, no matter the upheaval in your job, a peace that rests on you because I am in perfect alignment with my God. Notice I did not say you were perfect. But you are in perfect alignment with him. There's a big difference. But I have to understand that all of this is given to me by God and I already have it. See, some of you are still searching for it, even though you've been in Christ for X amount of years. Not realizing when you entered into Christ, it was already bestowed to you. During the Depression, during the Great Depression, there was a gentleman, a farmer named Mr. Yates. Mr. Yates. And like so many during the Great Depression, he wasn't able to pay his mortgage on his farm. So what happens? The bank comes knocking at the door months after months. And finally they said to him, you have a 30-day notice. You either pay in full or we will foreclose on your farm. And then they left. Mr. Yates then, after that, a week after that, an oil company comes and knocks on his door and said, we would like to get a lease from you so that we can drill for oil. Mr. Yates figuring, you know what, I'm going to lose my farm anyways. I might as well let them go ahead and drill. 
So he signs the agreement, the oil company comes, they set up their equipment, and they begin to drill. And what do you know? They hit oil. 82,000 barrels a day. They hit oil during the Great Depression. So overnight, he is now a multi, multi, multi millionaire. So the question is this. Did he become a multi-millionaire when they struck oil, or was he a multi-millionaire when he purchased the property? He was a multi-millionaire when he purchased the property. He just didn't tap in to the blessing at the time. You all don't realize that when you entered into Christ, you have this abundance of blessings upon blessings that God has bestowed upon you. But you're walking through life like you're poor and destitute and the bank is ready to foreclose on your spiritual life. When God is saying what you need to do is you need to dig deeper in me so that you can experience the wealth of spiritual blessing I have for you. Because that's what happened when you entered into Christ. You see, you want to talk about provision, that's provision, and it happened from day one. So stop walking around like you're a pauper, because you're not. As we head onward into this new year, understand that God has made provision for this entire journey. He has prepared you with what you need. He is preparing you with the peace to walk in it. And he is preparing the people around you to spread the word of God. All right. We have added more people to each worship service for each Sunday for the past month now. Let's keep going. Amen. That includes our new guests. That includes our new members. That includes people we've never met before. And that includes people that haven't been here for a while. Let's keep going. Amen. And we're going to move onward. Move onward in your spiritual walk. I know you have struggles. I know you have hurts. I have them too. Tap into God. Tap into God. And watch Him work in those situations that you thought never possible. Because my God can accomplish anything. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. We can go on and on. I encourage you, re-engage if you haven't. Re-engage for this new year. If you haven't named the name of Christ, if you have not been buried with him in baptism to rise to walk in newness of life, then be added to the Lord's church and do that this morning. Why delay? If you have wandered away, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Re-engage with your Savior. Re-engage with the church. Become part of a community and a family. If you're looking for work to do in the Lord's kingdom, we got it for you. We got kids' classes you can help out with. We have a teen class that we need to develop and help out with. We've got all kinds of ministry. We feed the poor. We clothe those who have no clothes. There's a variety of things we do in this congregation. Get plugged in and be engaged. I encourage you this morning, whatever your need is, we are here to journey with you through the highs and through the lows. We will make this journey together. If we can help you in any way or pray for you for anything, we desire to do so. You come forward as together we stand and together we sing.
Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.